want you to take your Bibles and go to Isaiah chapter 1, but he knows they're going back to see. Brother Barry, I, I remember his dad and I, back in the early 70s here, uh, were in charge of Children's Church. His dad was a preacher, as a matter of fact, pastored for a while, but uh, he was a pastor, Children's Church pastor also at the time. He, he was here, him and his wife and family, and uh, uh, his dad would play a guitar, and they would sing... Uh, with him sometimes, and so Barry got his start in children's church, I guess, I don't know, but uh, getting up there to sing with him, but you know, that's, that's a blessing, you come back, and uh, years later, just, just the Lord just seemed to hit me with that thought, you know what, he's still serving the Lord all these years after his mom and dad are with the Lord, and everything else is gone, uh, that's a special blessing. Amen. Well, uh, our text now, we're having a series here on this first chapter, the first 20 verses of this chapter, and so I'm going to read verses 9 and 10, and, and we'll get uh, into our message uh, taken up from where we left off. If you missed the message, just go back on our website and look it up, and you can listen to it or re-listen to it, uh, however uh, you would like to do that. Um, verse 9 says, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom. And we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. And give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Now, Father, I pray as we go into your word this morning, I ask that thy Holy Spirit would just move in a very special and unusual way. Lord, help me to rightly divide your word, but Lord, I pray that thy Holy Spirit would speak to every heart. Without that, Lord, this is a vain time. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak in me, speak through me, and speak to each heart here today, my heart included. Speak to us through thy Holy Spirit in preaching your word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray it. Amen. Now, last week we, we saw that God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, and He judged them for their sin, that abominable, indestructive sin of children. I think it even affected the animals of it. And I believe this story is in the Bible as an example to us. I going through my emails last night just to get caught up on some of them, and I, I saw one about Disney. Disney is remaking some of the cartoons. One is the Hulk, but now Hulk is a she-hawk. The gender change. Disney admitted to actually having a sex scene on that for children. Now folks, uh, Randy sent me back and he knows a, a man who used to work for Disney, a Christian man that Disney did, got rid of because he stood against those things. But he made a point that stands out to me very strongly. It makes me fear for the local churches of this state as well as this country. 
But if all the local churches of this state would not send young people there, would not go there, the members would not go there, Disney would close down in this state. Now, just understand, when, when you go to a place like that, you're supporting this wokeism, you're supporting homosexual marriage, you're supporting all that you see going on in the most wicked places of this world. And my friend, why should Christians support that? Now, things like that make us mad. This is going to be a poor example, it really will. But uh, I'm going to use it anyway. Back in the, well, no, let me go back to the 50s. In the 50s, it was the beatnik. And, and of course, they had their own thing. Most of us uh, remember watching Dobie Gillis and the beatnik on there. And, 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 you know, thought it was funny, but really it didn't quite catch on in the country. But then the hippie movement started. Woodstock. And boy, Christians were all upset and all upset about it and didn't like it. But then in time, Christians were using the music and looking like the hippies. Well, we're just trying to give them an identification so that they would not want to reject Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard the message from Jesus Christ in His Word? Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We think that the Holy Spirit of God, now look, the Holy Spirit is as much of God as the Father is, as the Son is. It's three divine persons in one divine essence. So do you think that where we see that Jesus Christ was in the world, and the world was made by him, John chapter 1 verse 9 says, and the world knew him not. Without him, also John chapter 1, if you look at verse 3, it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus was a part of creation. He helped create it. The Father helped create it. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit in creation moved upon the face of the deep. All the Trinity was involved in the creation of heaven and earth and of man. When God the Father said, let us make man in our image, he was talking about a spirit. That body of Adam laid there on the ground, formed out of dust. A soul was in him, but there was no life in him until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul at that point, but not till then. So what I want you to understand is, uh, when Jesus came here, he didn't try to be like the world, change his message so the world would like him, change his message so his brothers and sisters would like him, change his message so he'd be accepted, no, he brought the truth of God's word. Oh yeah, he was crucified for it. But guess what? 
Multitudes of lives were changed by that. As you're sitting in this auditorium this morning, that would have never happened had Jesus never did that for us. So, I understand when people get upset about something like I just said. What really bothers me, though, is that when Christians continue to allow their children and their teenagers to do those things, and then in time, it may be 10 years, it may be 15 years down the road, they see all that stuff is in the lives of their children and grandchildren. And what can you say when you were tolerant and allowed them to go watch and see those things? Now, folks, wake up. Wake up. Let's be what God wants to be because I'm reading this from Isaiah chapter 1. I've been on this because God was warning Israel. And what did God do here in Isaiah chapter 1? He went back to the book of Genesis and showed them what happened with the Sodom and Gomorrah. And throughout the Bible, we receive warnings, and then all of a sudden, we think, well, this is not that bad. This is not so bad. It's bad. Anytime you bring up in your mind, well, it's not that bad. That means that you realize there's something about it that's bad. That bad means that you think, well, yeah, it is bad, but really doesn't matter. Do you think in all holy God that it matters to Him? Do you think that the reason that there's a hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels, but multitudes will end up there that aren't angels, but they will end up there tormented day and night forever and ever? Why will they end up there? Because they didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't that bad. Now, folks, it's time to wake up. It really is. The churches of America need revival, but I tell you what, the local churches starting right here and throughout this county and throughout this uh, uh, state, they need revival. They need revival. We need revival. Yeah, there will be opposition. Yes, there will be people that hate it. Yes. Yes, there'll be people that get mad that say they're Christians. But I'd rather get a crowd of Christians upset with me than my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one that had the power to create the heavens and the earth, why do I want to make him upset? For the pleasures of sin for a season. So, It's interesting, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for this sinful state it was in. Its sexual perversity, its entertainment was sexual. Everything revolved around what was the lust of the flesh less doing. Now, I've heard some let me just say this, some liberals use a passage of Scripture to justify homosexuality, or at least to say that's not the reason Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. 
First of all, that's perverting the Scriptures. But secondly, they're showing their utter, complete ignorance of God and His person to even make such a statement. But they have a verse they want to use, and they want you to see the way they translate it. By the way, there are pastors across this land that are doing it that way. But it's in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. They said, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. And so, that is what led to their destruction. Not homosexuality. That's what they say using that verse. As if God has completely ignored what He did back there in Genesis to Sodom and Gomorrah, and He pointed out their sin. But really, the fullness of bread, the abundance of idleness, opened their mind, opened their life to those things because they're bored half to death. They had everything they wanted. Idleness is the devil's door into corrupting the lives of Christians as well as corrupting the world, making it more corrupt than it is. So he says, the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither she strengthened, neither did she strengthen the poor and needy. As I said, many teach that, again, homosexuality wasn't that. You see, they didn't have a good socialistic program. If they'd had a good socialism there, they would have strengthened the hand of the poor and the needy. Well, let me tell you something. They would not have for socialism. What has socialism done in Russia, China, and Korea, and all these other places where it is? Venezuela? Well, I'll tell you one thing it did. It broke them. See, the increase of drugs... China, trying to do these things with COVID and everything else where they were able to corrupt. Venezuela sending up prisoners with fentanyl. It's enough to kill over uh, 3 million people. And by the way, our New Testament, uh-oh, New Testament. But really it started with Genesis chapter 3. Man shall live by the sweat of his brow. New Testament says, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. I, I don't know about you, but when I drive around and I see signs on different restaurants and stores and everything else, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, and I see a guy out there holding a sign, I'm hungry. I want to say, hey, man, I can help you out. Right over there, that store over there, they want, they want help. Go over there and, and, and go over there with them. I saw, I saw this, uh, I, I shouldn't tell this, but I will. Uh, I was given an honorary deputy 
uh, so I, I, I'm an honorary deputy. I, not, I don't even know what happened to the badge or anything else. But when you open up, it looked like, man, that guy's an actual deputy. I mean, it looked like I was the real McCoy. So when you're walking around in a suit and you don't have a, a, a uniform on, and you show that, then they think, oh, this is the brass. I was stopping at one of those expensive restaurants, Burger King, one day. <laughs> They're expensive now, aren't they? Uh, but there's this kind of big guy, and he had a senior citizen couple out there trying to get money out of him for he needs to eat. I saw it, and I just got mad because I could see how scared those people were. I took that thing out. I opened it up to him. I said, look, let these people alone. He said, well, I was hungry. I said, oh, okay, I can understand that. You go in there and ask them to give you some work to do, and they'll, they'll give you a hamburger. But leave these people alone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he took off down the road. Now, I don't know. I guess you can get in trouble for imitating a police officer. But I didn't tell him I was a police officer. I didn't tell him I was anything. I, I didn't tell him that. I just showed him the badge. So, what I'm saying is, we want to make something out of what's not there. God didn't really ordain socialism. And if you think that, you better rethink. Help the needy? Yeah. Yeah. But you help the needy also to learn to help themselves. How many missionaries went into foreign fields and taught how to plant? and take care of themselves besides bringing them to Jesus Christ. So those are things that go on, and I just want you to know that when I look at things such as that, and, and they try to twist it around, they're trying to twist the Word of God around and corrupt the Word of God, maybe they're doing it to kind of ease their own conscience. I don't know, but it doesn't ease it at all before God. And so they're religious corruptors of the Word of God and say that Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't destroyed for the homosexuality. No, no, it was for their fullness of bread, their abundance of idleness. That's why he did it. Obviously, when those angels came to Sodom, and they knocked on Lot's door and said, send them out to us. And the stupid old Lot, he says, well, here, take my daughters instead. No, we want the men. All those men wanted the men, those, those angels that were as men. Those angels would end up striking them all with blindness. And they had to get out of there just trying to lead each other out. Couldn't see. Now, if God didn't see a problem with the, with the uh, homosexuality, why, why, why would he allow his holy angels to strike men with blindness that were trying to perform homosexual acts on them? You see, People want to say something to ease their conscience and to justify their sin 
it's not in the Word of God. All they do is pervert the Word of God when they try to say something like that. So, they perverted the Word, but the destruction came, and Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. And I've been over to Israel enough times to look from that mountaintop and look over there where Sodom and Gomorrah used to be. It's not there. It's not there. It's completely destroyed. A lot in today's world seems to be right back. So many have seemed to have joined Lot that have named the name of Christ. Lot, where we told you last week, was a righteous man. He was a just man because the Bible says he was. But he vexed his righteous soul with the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, today's world of gender confusion, drag queen, if you agree with those, my friend, and you claim to be saved, and yet you've taken in by that heresy, who say Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for their lack of socialism, their lack of taking care of them with their uh, work ethic. They didn't have a good work ethic, and that's why they, they, they were destroyed. No, just that bad work ethic that fullness of bread, allow them to have time for the devil to work in their mind and do the things that he, they did as a result. But if you're going to go and you're going to favor that and you're going to go along with that, just like I mentioned Disney, you don't see anything wrong with it, just remember, I'll tell you right now, you're an official, you're an official disciple of Lot, and it's not going to be good in the long run for you. This woke drag queen culture. And yet, people that are caught up in that, guess what? God still loves them. And he wants to save them from that sin. You know, I think we've lost that terminology today. We want them to get saved. We don't save from sin. Why is that? The Bible's clear in saying, saved from sin. He doesn't give us a great liberty and say, you're saved to sin. Those things are sin no longer for you. See, that's why they try to twist the Bible to say that too. No, you're saved from sin and saved to walk with the Lord. You're saved to salvation. You're saved to eternal life, but you're not saved to sin. That's why if we're finding 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, <clears throat> He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's verse 9, but verse 7 you read about that. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. My friend, it's time to wake up. Repent. Turning from that filth and turn to the one and only holy God. Don't let them draw you. Don't let these so-called guys that call themselves preachers, religious men, that have perverted the application of Scripture, catch you in that, making you that disciple of Lot. Yes, 
He vexed his soul every day with that. In other words, he tolerated it. Lot didn't become a homosexual, but he tolerated it and exposed his family. When Abraham allowed him to cho choose which side he wanted, he took the well-watered plains of Sodom. That wasn't his mistake. His mistake was moving into Sodom. If he had stayed out there and fed his sheep and grew it, things would have happened. But he got into Sodom and he even lost his own family to hell. And that, there's a price for these things. And so there is no justification before God in these things of this woke culture. Many Christians are trying the same, but they have failed today. They're trying the same thing. Those things failed back then, and they still will. But the problem is, is that preachers, local churches, and Christians aren't willing to pay the price. You see, America is in the condition it is today because the local churches are in that condition today. And local churches are in that condition today is because Christians in the local churches are there today. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now we can say that, but do we live by it, by sharing the gospel with that unsaved world out there? Those drag queens need to hear the gospel and get changed from that life. The drug addict needs to say, uh, hear that gospel, get changed from that life. The alcoholic needs to hear it. The, the, the harlot needs to hear it. The slut needs to hear it. And on you can go down the line of all those filthy sins. They need to hear the gospel. God can save them and even use them for His glory. Now you either believe the Bible or you don't. But I'm going to choose to believe what God said in His Word. Now again, you look at verse 9 and 10 here. And he said, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. There were still some people that stood. Look, friend, if all the churches and all the country goes another direction, why don't you make a commitment today? Lord, I'm with you and I'm going to stand. I'm not going to abandon it. I'm not going to abandon it. I'm going to be part of the remnant that still believes in an all-holy God. And Gomorrah was also destroyed. You see, Sodom ev evidently influenced Gomorrah. But the lot who was a saved man, did not influence anybody anywhere. He even lost his own family. Lot, yeah, I believe he saved. He saved so as by fire. But that's not the way he wanted to enter into eternity. You see, if this woke culture becomes the majority in this country, 
the worst testimony before God you can have is to not be a part of the minority, the remnant that still stands and still calls the lost to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. I ask these questions of a candidate where they would stand on these issues. You see, we've seen in verse 12, verse 10, excuse me, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of God, ye people of Gomorrah. God was holding the leadership, the rulers, government, responsible. But then he also said, ye people. Well, government made the laws. Well, we can say that about this place, but who voted them in? Better be careful about who you're voting in. Know what's going on. That's why I have, as a matter of fact, I have it up there next week. But that's why I have a how to vote, how I'm voting, should I say, in this election, as I do every election. But what I'm saying is, is that you better find out where they stand on these issues that are a slap, a spit, an abomination to God. And don't be a part of the enemy, the majority enemy, enemy to God. Because, as it's been said so often, Jesus Christ is the majority. So get with him. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up. We have an OCA here. We have a bus ministry here. We have a children's church here. It's one of the ways we're trying to fight what's going on in this woke culture and crossing this country. But folks, just voting against it won't do. We've got a witness. We've got a witness. That's why I said, work on somebody for Roundup Sunday. I'm going to preach a gospel sermon. A chance for those people to get saved. You mean if I brought a homosexual, if I brought a drag queen, I brought something else in here, a drunkard, a drug addict in here, you wouldn't get upset? No. I'd preach the gospel to them. I mean, the Festivalmans are doing a jail ministry with people helping them. It sends out literature to them, and there have been people who got saved through that. So, again, I say, decide you're going to stand up for Jesus. But you know what? If you cannot give me a Bible reason, or you cannot say that you know for sure, not because of your good works, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You don't earn your salvation. You're not going to get saved because he's going to measure your good against your bad. No, that's not it. You must come admitting that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. That's what I had to do. And anyone in this auditorium is saved had to do it. So what I'm saying is, you can't give a reason why you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that if you died today that heaven's your home. 
I want to open that door to you. For he said in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. He would cleanse by his blood. He will save you. You don't have to get good enough for him. Come to him and let him change you. I've never seen a man, there might have been one, but I've never seen one, sitting in the room getting ready for surgery. And as a preacher, you go by and pray for him. But I've never seen him give him the doctor instructions on how to do the surgery. No, they're trusting him. Jesus knows how to do the surgery. He can take the sin from your life. He can cleanse you. He can do that. But you must surrender your life to him and say, okay, go ahead, Lord. You do what's necessary, but save my soul. He'll save your soul. And then he'll begin working in you to make you a trophy of the grace of God. You know, if you die today, that heaven's your home. Let's bow our heads, please.